Hello, and welcome to this mini-episode of the Ostrich Technique Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anand. And I am your other host, Chris. Yeah, so I said mini because this is just going to be a quick sort of uh, reaction, sort of review of uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 movie that just came out. As I'm sure you're all aware, this is uh, still in theaters. uh, And, you know, when Chris and I saw it together, we had a lot of thoughts coming out of the movie. So we figured it's just, you know, best to put it, put our thoughts into the podcast here and uh, share it with all of you. Um, but, you know, Chris, I'm actually going to let you lead this one because I know you are particularly close to the Guardians franchise and you just rewatched this movie recently. So I'm sure you have a lot more fresh opinions and thoughts on this movie than I do. But uh, yeah, take it away. Yep. Thanks, Ananth. Um Yeah, I've seen this movie twice already. Um, I think it's a great completion to the story or I guess the really the arc of these characters that form um, – you know, the Guardians of the Galaxy that we've seen from Guardians 1 through, um, you know, Guardians 3. Um, I th- really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it had a lot of emotional weight behind it, but also really gave each character their time to shine and um, provide some humor as well as, you know, we normally see in the Guardians movies. Um, so, Anant, you know, do you have any quick thoughts coming out of the movie? Yeah, I would definitely echo your sentiments there i think this was a really great film it's a really great end to a trilogy which you know for me hasn't been as strong all the way through uh i mean you you and i have talked about this at length i'm not as big a fan of guardians 2 which we'll get into briefly but uh yeah for me this was just a really enjoyable film overall um obviously there are some really hard to watch moments in this movie as well. But overall, I would say that this was a really entertaining film. It really hits all the notes for me. It's happy. It's sad. It's funny. It's action packed. It really has it all. And I think in that sense, it was really a return to form for the MCU for me. And that is something that I was sorely missing. And I'm sure you felt the same way, especially after the joyous movie that was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, w- I would say this is not an MCU is back sort of um, case. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I think we've discussed this before, um, but we like to see a, you know, a string of movies that have, you know, solid quality, but this is definitely a, okay, a fair. Yeah. step in the right direction. And in terms of, um, you know, quality mcu movie it's definitely up there um for sure yeah so um yeah it's yeah yeah so what if we go into what we liked about the movie specifically yeah sure um so you know for me i this is a rocket centric film um Mm -hmm. with kind of i guess a guardians movie around it or kind of you know pushing along the rocket story or you know it's really at its core a rocket movie and I, that's why i really love um this you know his character was i guess wasn't the star of the guardians uh throughout this trilogy throughout the avengers films that they're in and you know thor as well um but here he really gets his moment to shine and i really love kind of seeing the backstory of how this 
character really came to be. Um, that's what intrigued me the most about this film. This is what I love the most about this film, and it's definitely the most emotional part of the film. Oh, 100% agree. Yeah, Rocket is very clearly the heart and soul of this movie, and they really... You know, when we get to the beginning of the movie where Rocket is basically put out of commission, and of course, huge spoiler warnings here. If you haven't seen the movie, I mean, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you listening to a spoiler-filled podcast of Guardians 3? But anyway, uh, this is, you know, when Rocket is put out of commission here and the beginning of the movie and all of the, basically the entire story is trying to get Rocket, make sure that he lives and make sure that he's uh still okay and the fact that you as the audience are invested in rocket despite him being out of the movie for most of it i think really speaks to the work that james gunn has done over the course of his three movies as well as the work that rocket has had done on him through the other movies that he's been a part of such as infinity war and endgame that have really fleshed him out and really made a endeared us to him so we really were invested in making sure Rocket turned out okay, that we were, you know, getting, uh, we were able to meet the mission, you know, get the actual, uh, stop the kill switch and and go through all the various uh, hoops and hurdles that you, we had to to get to that point. And yeah, just, I mean, you, you said it best. Like it, it really is just, it really was well done. And I think understanding Rocket's backstory for me was supremely satisfying. And I think they really did a good job oh, yeah. of that. 100%. And, um, yeah, I, disclaimer, I, I rewatched Guardians 1 last night. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've seen clips of, you know, Rocket in Guardians 2. And they James Gunn does such a good job of just planting the seeds kind of throughout the different films. And then you get this payoff in this movie and it all yeah. really makes sense of like, okay, this is why he is so snarky. He is so um, maybe like rude at times to kind of put people at a distance, but you can tell he has these little moments here and there throughout the different movies that he really cares, you know, about this guardians family. Um, oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you can you can tell in this movie one hundred percent that this has become his new family, and you know you get a look into his old family, and maybe you know that's why he tre- like, you know, cherishes the Guardians so much. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. It 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 recontextualizes his actions from the first two movies for me at least, because it, it almost in a sense feels like he is keeping them close but not too close and maybe that's part of for, for his own, maybe that's part for partly for the guardian's sake but i think it's also for his own sake you know he got so close to the his other animal compatriots lila and teefs and floor that it, when he lost them eventually i think that sort of emotional weight that that had on him I don't think he wants to go through that again if for some reason it happens to another friend of his, which it almost did in the first one when he lost Groot, kind of, and then, you know, Groot comes back. So in that sense, I think it's a really it's a really good take there. I, I think the all, all of the sort of seeds and elements that that Rocket has had sort of seeded throughout the 
first two movies as well as in the in the Avengers movies you really pay off here in a big way and it again satisfaction I think is the big term for Guardians 3 it really feels satisfying just watching this entire movie I agree I agree yeah. um yeah. another thing that I really liked was um well, again all of the character arcs um mm-hmm. but Nebula I thought I want Nebula I think has one of the best character arcs throughout the entire MCU. For sure. Um, oh yeah. But Drax. Um mm-hmm. you really see, you know, he's a destroyer. Um Guardians two again we'll talk about that in our, you know, little full episode. But mm-hmm. um Guardians two he was just more of a a big, you know, oaf with jokes. Um yeah. but here they they strike a very good balance of you know, being that comedic Drax that we've come to really know, as well as really, you know, being Drax the Destroyer. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know, something that kind of got lost or maybe forgotten about is that, you know, he really joins the Guardians to avenge his um, deceased wife and uh, daughter. And that kind of really doesn't, there's not a real true, like, through line. Um, up until this movie where it kind of brings that back where he is shown he's really, really great interacting with children and really, like Nebula puts it, like he was born to be a dad. And mm-hmm. at his core, I, I think they they really show that in this movie um, where you don't really feel that in Guardians 2, any of the Avengers movies that he's in. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I, think, I think they did Drax really well and a good send-off for uh, Dave Bautista. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, I think, again, this Drax's role in this movie, again, recontextualized, I, I'll, I'll repeat that word a lot this, uh, in this review, but it really brought a new light to his character. I think the, the fact that he was born to be a dad, it made sense why he's more goofy to me now. And I think this movie better than Guardians 2 for sure, but even with Guardians 1, it really balances that sort of goofiness that Drax has inherently because he's a dad and he it, he makes like these sort of dad jokes and and has this sort of dad humor about him and doesn't understand uh, analogies and metaphors and whatnot. But on the flip side, like you said, you get to see him as a destroyer. And that was really one of my big criticisms of Guardians 2 was that you don't really get to see him. I mean, in the comics, he was bred born and bred to kill Thanos. And obviously we don't have Thanos now in the MCU, but I I was really missing that in the second Guardians where I really wanted a Drax the Destroyer and we got Drax the Oaf, like you said. So mm-hmm. Dr- Drax was really a big step up in this movie for me. And to go to your point to Nebula, Nebula 100%, she really has had one of the strongest arcs in this overall MCU Especially, I mean, we really got to see more of her in Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, really seeing more of the weight that Thanos has had on her. And now we get to see a little bit more of her afterwards and see how she's really come into her own person. And I think that that's really, it it felt satisfying again for me, just seeing how she really became a leader of her own and was so it became really responsible and wasn't letting all of the weight and baggage of her past weigh her down and i thought that was really just great to see Um, and of course karen gillen just does such a great job in this role she really brings such a relatability to it 
Yeah, I agree. And um, something that you and I discussed um, after seeing the movie is that um, yeah, throughout the Guardians films, they really reduce that kind of robotic undertone to Nebula's voice that she has in Guardians 1. Um, and that, you know, could be to really make her seem more human as she becomes much more um, human as she progresses throughout throughout her arc. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe they've just forgot to add that little detail in. Um, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, like you said, Karen Gillan does an amazing job. I really wonder how um, they'll loop her back in uh, if they choose to for future films. Because um, they yeah. kind of just set her up in the same position as Drax of, you know, staying on nowhere, kind of um, leading the town, raising the children. So it'll be kind of weird to bring her back but then just say Drax is not coming but we'll see yeah I mean it and that I guess that speaks to all of the Guardians for the most part right where we didn't get any deaths like I think you and I both expected we were both expecting someone from Mm -hmm. the main Guardians to die and no one did which was you know great for us because and to that point also the fact that no one died it didn't feel like James Gunn was trying to force them to be alive. I think it all made narrative sense. I don't think that there was really any sort of... It wasn't like he was just... He just wanted to keep them around for the sake of it. And I think mm-hmm. it was, again, very satisfying the way that everyone ends up. And it really le- left the door open for ev- anyone to come back. And I think that's w- what's interesting in the... At least as we go more into the cosmic MCU where we might get these characters popping back up again in the future, and I don't know where that'll be, and that's kind of exciting. Yeah, I But agree. one thing we know for sure is Drax will definitely not be popping back, especially with the comments that Dave Bautista's been making. Yeah, I mean, same thing with Zoe Saldana and Gamora. She, you know, had similar comments, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the past of saying, like, you know, I've already made more movies than I originally really signed on for or really want to do um, and, yeah. and i'm sure like all the makeup um for the both of them is you know a main you know reason why besides you know trying to progress their careers but mm-hmm. um you know i i would say never say never on things yeah we'll never say never but you know i i'm, I'm not holding my breath and you know zoe saldana yeah. it's not like she's strapped for cash or strapped for work she has <laughs> yeah. three more avatar films coming out so i think yep. she'll be fine yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I one one last thing that I, I really well, I know we touched about Rocket's backstory and arc, which I think is uh, sorry his backstory and um, yeah, just the emotional way that that uh, that's again I want to highlight that's that's my favorite part. But um, for sure, the mixtape, um, awesome mixtape volume three. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you know one using a zoom to kind of. Uh, bring in 90s and kind of 2000s music, whereas, you know, Peter got abducted in the 80s. I think that was a, kind mm-hmm. of a smart choice. Um, but I, I I really, every every one of these movies, James Gunn, I think, curates a really good playlist. Um, oh, yeah. So I know Creep by Radiohead at the beginning with, you know, Rocket singing along to the acoustic version. Um, and then, you know, Florence and the Machine, uh, Dog Days are over at the end, we're all dancing. I think the choices for these, uh, you know, um, uh, what's it called? No Sleep Till Brooklyn and the Slow Mo, like, I think these choices oh, for yeah. music, I, I, I think 
I think James Gunn knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, James Gunn always, e- even for all of my reservations about Guardians 2, uh, he always does a great job with the the song selection for the soundtrack. So, I mean, obviously, yeah, big props there. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if that was the last thing we want to quickly touch on with what we liked, uh, I guess we can move into what we didn't like. And I'll, I'll give you a, a heads up to our listeners here. It's not a long list for both of us. There's, It's only a couple of things, nitpicks here and there. But, yeah, I mean, go go for it, Chris. Why don't you start us off? Um, I think Adam Warlock was probably one of them. Uh, yeah, I would I, agree. I, like, you know, they... James Gunn set him up in volume and and at the end of volume two, um, so he kind of felt obligated to put him in there. Um, really, I think any character could have really filled that role. It, his role was more of a catalyst, out of you know, if anything. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, like obviously, they have plans for Adam Warlock down the line. Um, so it's kind of just like an introduction. But I really felt his character was sort of sidelined, you know. Especially, you know, having Will Poulter, like, he he can definitely bring more to the role. Uh, but I just felt like his character was not really written to really do too much except move the plot along. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't think that Adam Warlock's character was... He was probably the weakest character overall. Pretty one note. He has maybe a small little moment at the end there where he is given a second chance by Nebula, by, no, it was Mantis who gives him a second chance, and he goes back and helps save Quill. So, you know, in that sense, I think he he served the story fine. He didn't really add too much, uh, He, but I think in that sense, he also didn't take anything away from me. He didn't, it did, I didn't feel like, the movie was worse off with him in it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, no, I, he I just agree. wasn't a great addition to it. Yeah. I, I think that's the nuance there. Yeah. And, and I really did feel like he was more of like used for comedic purposes. Whereas, you know, in the comics, he's a literal, like Jesus figure. Oh, oh um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adam Warlock is insane in the comics. I mean, I think what they, he was originally, called him and then uh the high evolutionary like renamed to adam warlock or mm-hmm. something but um yeah here yeah i mean they give the explanation of oh you they took him out of the cocoon too early um yeah that's Which why he's like a worked. child yeah it, it I, works i i would just like to see the next time we see adam warlock he is no longer this child and he is you know what we expect him to be based upon the comics. Yeah. I just hope that he gets a little bit more time. You know, I think we, this movie just had so much to deal with. Like, I mean, it was a two and a half hour movie and there was still so much to go through overall that I just feel like we didn't get enough time with him. I think if there was just, if he got like, even like a mini special, like kind of how they did with the holiday special, which just gave us a little bit more time to get to know him or flesh out his character a bit more. I think that would really go a long way to better characterize him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say every, every movie that Will Poulter is in, there are memes of him. And, um, this, this movie is not an exception. Um, I don't know Has if there seen been any memes of him? No, I have yeah, not. The, the Adam War Adam Warlock's entrance scene 
where he's just flying mm-hmm. straight into the camera. That has yeah. become a, you should look him up. That's become a meme, and the one where um, Gamora grabs Blurb, I think that's the thing, the little pet yeah. thing. So I don't know. Right before Adam Warlock is like yelling, and then Gamora grabs him, and he's like, you know, one more step in this thing, you know, basically I'm gonna kill it. And then all of a yeah. sudden he's like, you know, don't be rash. <laughs> um, you know, those, those two have been very big memes, which uh, I, I recommend you, you, you look up. Yeah, um, you'll have to share some of those with me. I don't think I've seen any of them. But, uh, yeah, uh, I will. Yeah. But, um, yeah, s- sounds good. Um, um, what else for you was something that maybe wasn't as strong in this movie? Because I yeah, have one uh, in my mind. You know, after you know, after a second watch of it, it did feel like the movie was a bit long for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the first time watching it, you know, it it felt fine, but the second time it definitely felt like it dragged on a little bit long, especially cuz I I knew already, okay, what part of the movie are we in right now? Um so they definitely could have trimmed some fat there. It felt like it dragged a little bit, but it wasn't too jarring, but yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't what I had in mind as another weakness, but I would agree. I think it it did go on a little bit long. I sort of felt the length as we were getting towards the end, because for me, it felt like this movie sort of had two endings where one was when they saved rocket and rockets Mm -hmm. all well and good. And then the other ending is of course the one that we get where they actually have like a happy ending on nowhere. So it obviously made sense why they had to continue it, continue it after rocket was a lot was all well and good because then we wouldn't get more of the high... We wouldn't actually wrap up the story of the high evolutionary and all that stuff, but I, I still feel like, yeah, it, it did feel like it, it went on a little bit longer, like I, I maybe like 10, 15 minutes. If it was a little bit shorter, I think it would have helped it a bit more, just tighten things up. But mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll just say for me, one thing that was maybe the weakness, and we also discussed this after we saw the movie, was at least the high evolutionary towards the end of the movie I, I, we didn't mention the high evolutionary really in the things that we liked, and he was yeah, good. Chikude Uji did a really good job. I overall. agree. He he was an irredeemable, you know, immoral villain, and that's exactly mm-hmm. kind of what they needed in that character. But anyway, yeah, to, to your sure. point, towards the end, he became just really kind of a screaming, unhinged um, character. Whereas, at least for me, I, I think you agree as well. Mm-hmm. Being such a calculated character was probably even more intimidating as he was, you know, like how he was in the beginning of the film and, and in Rocket's um, flashback sequences. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that was one of my concerns with the end, just because he got a little bit shouty and more unhinged. Though, at least in my mind, and I explained this to you, kind of my headcanon, the way I rationalized it was that. Basically, at the end, it's him progressively losing more and more control as a ship is just blowing up from the inside, and he really doesn't have any control over anything, especially when there's someone that is so focused on, like, basically a micromanager, right? He's trying to micromanage everything about all of life, essentially, and trying to create the perfect society and perfect life. And the fact that he can't even control his own ship, for me... sort of his desperation is what drives him towards being so aggressive and basically childish in that sense. And you kind of see that earlier on, thinking about it more, when he is getting really mad at Rocket when Rocket's a kid, because 
all of his other experiments aren't able to have generative thought essentially kind of like how rocket was able to think and solve that problem with the his animal generation chambers and Mm -hmm. even in that moment when he was getting really frustrated and wasn't able to control how the outcome was for those animals he was getting really like he was sort of shouty and upset in that moment too if you remember where he was like why is it you why are you the only one that was able to do this and not like other animals or anything like that like what is makes you so special and he was he felt again kind of out of character there and like kind of not that same calculating and menacing individual that we saw otherwise. But again, that was the way I rationalized it. But still, I think they could have done a better job showing that or maybe explaining that. But again, it was a minor complaint, I would say, in the overall scheme of things for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I would agree with your points. Um, I think the one other thing that, you know, was not my favorite was the the animal people they they were they were weird to me um yeah i I I, but i I, think that was also the point you know yeah i i agree (laughs) just i think they were meant to be weird yeah um i don't know they just it's like kind of like a a furries thing you know (laughs) yeah yeah uh, yeah you know them, them furries. Um. But anyway, um, <laughs> I will say one of my, I, I mentioned this to you also, my other nitpick on this movie was, you know how he was so focused on having the perfect society, but the perfect society had to have the same level of thought that Rocket had when mm-hmm. Rocket was the one who basically almost killed him and like completely destroyed his face. I don't really know what he was thinking that he wanted a race of people that were as intelligent as Rocket. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't he think that they were just overturn over like overrule him, get get rid of him? I, I that was really like a minor sort of plot hole for me, but again, it was minor. It was more about like I feel like a Guardians movie more for me or just about the relationship between these characters and the the journey that they all had, but it was it was something that I thought about after the movie, you know. Yeah. I I think it's a fair point. Yeah. But yeah, I guess um, any final thoughts to wrap up here? Uh, don't want to, uh, you know, not live up to the ep- the the title that it is a mini episode. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I'd say James Gunn. Great that you know he got rehired. They used his script. Um, you could really tell the cast was really you know emotional about it, and, and um, mm-hmm. they really enjoyed their time. You know, wrapping up the, this trilogy, um, I rank it right currently in my top ten of MCU films out of the thirty-two yeah. that are currently out. Um, and really, like Marvel, just do do more hallway hallway fights. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the the hallway tracking scenes, um, you know, hit they hit every time. <laughs> so um, well, I'll take more of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I will caveat. They have to be done well. Obviously, we've we've been lucky that all of the hallway fights have been done well, but they can very easily they can easily drop the ball there and and not do as well a job. But yeah, I think James Gunn did really knocked it out of the park. I'm glad he was able to finish his trilogy, uh, especially with all of the hiring and firing and then rehiring drama. But yeah, I mean, if this movie is any indication, and of course his recent work with Suicide Squad and 
Peacemaker, uh, which I know you haven't seen Peacemaker, Chris, but I would recommend it. Um, but I, if if this is really what is to come with James Gunn, I am really excited for what the rest of DC he's going to do with DC now that he's leading it. And, you know, it's a really big loss for Marvel that he's not going to continue with them anymore. Yeah, but, um, you know, it's a gain for DC, so. And they desperately need some gains. Yes. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how the Flash is. Yeah, well, you know, that's not his, but we'll we'll see yep. how Superman Legacy, that's the really the first, uh, yep. that'll really be our first tell of how DC is going to do. But, uh, yeah, I think that's it for me, Chris. Any final thoughts here? Yeah, no, I think uh, I think we've kind of given our, our little mini spoiler review Mm -hmm. um but yeah i I think go see this movie (laughs) yeah definitely go see well i mean we hope that you have seen this movie but maybe go see it again go rewatch it yeah (laughs) yeah go rewatch it if this inspires you to think about it a little more but yeah if you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share with us of course you can reach out to our email address which is ostrichtechnique at gmail.com I won't spell that out again, uh, but yeah, ostrich technique, it's just the normal words at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, till next time, we will come back to you with our second rewatch episode of The Incredible Hulk. Uh, Till next time, guys. Bye. See ya.